Hello, everyone. Welcome to Almost Better Than Silence. I'm here today with Douglas and Brendan, and we're going to talk about some games and some technology and some other stuff. Right on, man. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going. Uh, <laughs> busy. Um, how, how's everything with you guys? Uh, pretty good. I might have potentially ceased my unemployment. I'm no longer that lazy guy who just sits at home playing video games all day. Oh, congrats! Thanks. <laughs> uh, what's the uh, what's the promotion? Um, right now it's just retail, but I. As we were uh, started recording, I got an email from a production studio nearby, so I might be working there. You never know. Very cool. Yeah. Good luck, dude. Thanks. It's always exciting to start a new career. It's always exciting to have money once again. <laughs> That's pretty much what money that translates is very to. important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't beat around the bush about even my uh, internship. I was like, I don't care about being respected. I don't care about you guys appreciating me. I need money. That is all <laughs> from you people. <laughs> yeah. That's what it boils down to at the end of the day. It's not like I'm going to dedicate eight hours of my life or more on a day-to-day basis for nothing. Unless, yeah, if it's an internship, at least you get some kind of credibility. But even still, that's rough. Yeah, most people get college credit. In my case, I already graduated, so I literally did it for nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, shit. Well, you can put on your resume, you know, like that counts for a little bit of something. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I always put on my resume and say, like, "Is it okay to contact these previous employers?" I'm just like, "No," because I quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I do not recommend it, but you can give it a shot. That's funny. <laughs> Some of those then just keep off the resume. Just put the more recent ones that were successful. Oh, that was both the most recent and most successful one I have. So, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Uh, uh, how about you guys? How's the uh, working world for you? Uh, for me specifically, it, nothing's really changed. It's just, just programming, man. <laughs> you know how it goes. It's a new problem every day, something to debug and figure out, but it's, it's, uh, keeping me busy too. Uh, I, I can't complain though, so that's good. That's good. How about you, Matt? Things are going really well. Um, making some, some big progress towards some, fairly substantial projects at work so pleased about that and it's always satisfying to sort of have something get done you know so <laughs> absolutely i wouldn't i wouldn't know too much about that <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there you'll get yeah there. <laughs> uh, that's a great thing about video games it tricks you into thinking you're doing something productive because you get the little achievements and the little like points like yay yep the that false sense of achievement that is video games <laughs> <laughs> So what have you guys been playing lately? Well, um, I, I promise I wouldn't bring up Goddess again. Uh, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, no, 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 I won't talk about it. Um, but <laughs> something that I, I have been sort of trying to work on is, uh, and this is actually something that uh, you brought to my attention, Doug. Um, so in a previous episode, I talked about um, Glitch, which is a game that uh, the company that made Slack originally made. Um, the guys that originally came up with Flickr sold to Yahoo. Um, they built a game. It was an MMO platformer. And it lasted for a couple of years. I played it back in college. Super fun. But 
ultimately they couldn't make money off of it and the game shut down and it, it pretty much disappeared. Uh, more recently, uh, just about a year ago, in fact, um, a group of people managed to convince uh, the, the tiny spec guys, the guys that originally made the game, to open source a bunch of the, the components and some of the code. And ever since then, they've sort of been working on rebuilding the game as an open source project running on modern software and uh, really just sort of bringing back what was there and, and trying to make it scalable and, and make it a thing again. And, <clears throat> excuse me, you'd sent me the the article sort of announcing it, um, and I didn't realize how much progress they had made. And so I went and I checked it out, and they were looking for some help. And so I emailed one of the guys that's involved in it, and he brought me right in, and um, I'm getting the system set up on my local machine so I can start doing some development for them. So Awesome, dude. That's so exciting. I'm yeah, really no, that's really I could cool. um, like point you to that. That's really exciting. Yeah, I, I had totally lost track of the project. Um, I knew that the way that Tony Speck had built the game originally was sort of an arcane way of doing it. Um, I'm sure at the time it made sense for them, but it obviously just didn't stand up to the test of time. And these guys are really doing it the right way. And based on the code that I've sort of skimmed through so far, just trying to get a feel for the code base, um, it's it's pretty darn good. <laughs> awesome, dude. Great. It's one of those things like you, you jump in and you have that like sense of nostalgia, something that you haven't played in a very long time, and all of a sudden like you're playing it again. Um, so it's really exciting. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's got to be like nothing else, man. Uh, I'm sorry, really though. I'm, I'm just confused though. How, how does that relate to Goddess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no I, no, I promise I won't talk about it. Um, <laughs> that, well, actually, I will talk about it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive liar. I, I committed <laughs> genocide yet again. Um, I am a, a horrible, awful person. Uh, I have a screenshot, actually. Uh, I'll send it to you. Um, it's on my phone. <laughs> so the Astari, the, the protagonists, um, they have in sort of the second level, so to speak, of Goddess, they have multiple sort of encampments. And I figured out that if you fire a meteor at them, um, it'll light their building on fire and they all run out and put the, the fire out. But if you fire a second meteor while they're putting the fire out, then they catch on fire. And then everybody that runs out to then help put the fire out gets caught on fire. And eventually all of them are outside, standing around on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and and they all die. And um, it's, it's, it's really horrifying and tragic. And um, <laughs> if, if I'm not on any future episodes, it's because I'm being uh, held for war crimes in The Hague. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. So wait, these are the protagonists? These are your people? Sorry, the antagonist. Antagonist. Okay. That, my I bad. thought you were just murdering your own people. Oh, no, like, no, no. Not murdering your own people. That's so funny. I heard that too, and I was like, I, I'm pretty sure he meant antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's oh, Thursday. Man. I decided to be the Old Testament god and burn all your shit down. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. In, in actual fact, I, I am turning into sort of an Old Testament god. Um, <laughs> 22 Cans, which is the, the company uh, Peter Molyneux runs that makes goddess um they they've been releasing some updates and some of them have some of them have, have been good but some of them have been questionable and one of the bugs is that your followers 
won't go home. So you'll send them out to do something and, and they'll try to go home, but they can't pass back to their houses. So they'll be standing next to their houses, like shrugging at the camera. And it's like, just walk in. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and in the end, they just won't. And so the only way to sort of keep this notification from just popping up every few seconds is to just squish them. <laughs> and so I, I am very much an Old Testament God. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. I'm so happy our God's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's just sitting up there you like, Achieve Nirvana, it's right there. Oh, you're idiots. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, dude, it's it's funny you bring up uh, Goddess, though, because it reminds me of when we first brought up Goddess, we were also talking about Monument Valley a lot. Yeah. And I just saw that Monument Ma- Monument Valley is back in the news. Um, they're being like pretty much transparent about all the money involved and like how much they made, what it cost. So there's this one article I found that it's Monument Valley made 5.8 million in revenue from a 1.4 million development cost. And there's all, there's all this graphs and uh, charts and graphs displaying this information. It's really cool that they would uh, release this information to the public to give you an idea of what a successful game like that really um, amounts to. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really crazy just like the amount of effort that goes into something, right? And, and somebody pours their heart out. But like if you quantify it, you know, in, in the, the grand scheme of things, it's not a heck of a lot. But then you look at, you know, what what the end product is. And I think the canonical example is Minecraft, right? Like oh, sure. person, he, he, he poured his heart and soul into it. And, you know, he, he dedicated himself to it and he made it his full-time job. But when you look at like the actual amount of effort, it probably wasn't much more than like one or two million dollars if you had to like you know sit down and write it down on paper. But now look sure. at them, right? <laughs> you know, most expensive house in in what was it, Beverly Hills? <clears throat> so yeah, I think the house was nine million dollars. So he's his house alone is already nine times <laughs> amount of effort you'd say. Exactly. Yeah, and like Microsoft actually bought the game for like two billion dollars. It, it's insane. Yeah, that literally is. What is Microsoft doing with that much money? Like, just like, I will just take this over and we'll throw a few billion over here, a few billion over there. But they still yeah. can't get uh, Xbox One to work right. <laughs> you know, in actual yeah. fact, Microsoft really needs, and and I'm probably going to get a lot of haters hating on me for this, but they really need to just bring back whoever made the Zoom and just have them do everything. Thank <laughs> you so much. Oh my god, you're a savior in my opinion, dude. I know saying everyone would hate that, but I disagree. I think that'd be amazing. I love the Zune. Fuck Apple. Like we <laughs> Seriously, like it 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 was the better choice at the time. It was oh, the certainly. iPod Yeah, and the, the software too. Oh my gosh. It was so slick and it was so worth it. And even after it was obsolete, you know, Microsoft discontinued support for the second generation version. It was still the better option for years and years and years. And yeah, absolutely. It, they really don't get the recognition that they deserve for that. Or I should say, the guy that did it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can't really speak on that. I've, I've never had a different, you know, I've had CD players and the first MP3 was an iPod. And I remember thinking, like, someone pulls out, like, oh, yeah, I got a Zoom. It's like hearing someone, like, oh, yeah, I watch Reba. It's like, what? <laughs> who the hell are you? <laughs> God, that, wow. No, it's, but. God, uh, you can't compare a Zune to Reba because that's a, that's just horrible. Because ugh. I to date met one person that watches Reba and one person that's had a Zune. So <laughs> okay, well that's crazy. I feel like I at least knew five people with a Zune and maybe 
yeah, I don't. I hope nobody I know watches Reba. <laughs> let, let me let me ask you something. Did you know that Reba McIntyre actually was a singer before she was an actress? Uh, by her accent. Okay. <laughs> Everybody from the South is just a country music. Fan. <laughs> yeah, I kind of assume everyone kidding. is. <laughs> No, I had no idea, right? And my mom was talking about, oh, yeah, I have a Reba McIntyre CD. And I was like, you, like, recorded the show onto a CD? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like there's, like, a certain generation that that thought Reba McIntyre was a singer and then another generation that thought she was, like, the the main character of a bad sitcom. Well, I mean, that could probably be said for, like, Justin Timberlake. Some kids now probably don't know he was in, in sync. And if he doesn't produce a CD every so often, they're probably like, that dude from that movie about time, where, like, it, time is currency? Like, that guy sucks. Why does he have an hour now? <laughs> I mean, there are a few, um, few musicians that have transitioned into acting and vice versa, like, pretty seamlessly. So it's just impressive when um, they typically do both. Like, they'll do acting for a while, then singing for a while. It's odd to see when one of them like, just like, cuts off their previous career entirely, just sticks to acting or singing. Yeah, definitely. But that's funny that uh, you guys bring up Reba because that's probably like my all-time like least favorite show in existence. <laughs> it, it's sort of like the next rung down, right? So you had like everybody loves Raymond as as the sort of like you turn it on and it's the it's just on. You know, like, nobody's laughing. <laughs> Dude, it's my girlfriend and her family's favorite show. Like, they, like, literally probably own every season, and I just always tease her for that, because I'm like, really? <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond? But that's just funny. Yeah, it, like, one one rung up is, like, that 70s show, and another rung up is, like, Third Rock from the Sun. And then, like, you go down a rung, and it's Reba. <laughs> King, it's, it's King just... of Queens, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's down there. It's just one of those shoes that, like, went on for, like, I don't, it probably went on for a lot longer, but it's just, like, According to Jim, it's, like, it's on, you know, it's final season, <laughs> season seven. It's, like, who the fuck is watching According to Jim? Yeah, literally, I, that's wild. I forgot all about that show. That's a flashback. Consider yourself lucky. Most people try to forget about that show. Yeah, that is funny. Oh, man. And then what What else? Um, Do you guys remember My Name is Earl? That one went downhill so fast. Like, the last two seasons were garbage. Oh, I don't know about the last two seasons. I know I remembered enjoying it for a while. Me too. Honestly, the whole premise about um, a guy who's like trying to live his life by karma, I just was like, that's awesome. But the yeah, I don't get me wrong. The first two seasons are totally worthwhile, really funny. But then like the main character Earl goes to prison for like a season, and he's like hardly in the show, and it's like the his brother like takes over, and it's it's just generally like awkward. It's kind of like how when The Office loses a uh, Mike. Carell or whatever his name is. Steve Carell? Steve Carell. That's <laughs> terrible. Wasn't his brother in My Name is Earl the bully, Frankie the bully from Boy Meets World? Uh, yeah, actually. Wait, I don't know. I can't confirm anything. Frankie was the big guy. God. I... Yeah, that's probable. Yeah, you're probably right. Connecting the sitcoms, it's what I do. <laughs> but I, I know with My Name is Earl, I think it might have taken a like tonal shift because the whole show was like, hey, this guy was an asshole and now he's trying to better himself. And then, like, shows like Workaholics and Always Sunny came out and, like, hey, we're assholes and we love it. Like, so I think people, like, sort of think, like, the crazy people are more entertaining. Like, they burn shit. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like maybe that's why they wanted him to end up in jail. I don't really know. I feel like whoever created that show, like, 
they had something great and then they just ruined it by writing a terrible season and it just it literally it's like why would you take something with a main character and then remove the main character like he's still there but like really a lot less involved i mean probably what most likely happened there was the main the the guy in real life playing this uh character i'd know his name too because uh the scott pilgrim movie like uh takes a stab at that joke but and he used to be a skateboarder or whatever but um Yes, Jason Lee. Thank you. Um, I bet he was probably just busy and or just like told the show he can't do it as much. Who knows? Yeah, I know. Um, I know the company or production company that produced that show also did one of the other nebulous sitcoms called Yes Dear, which is just oh wow, yeah, which is another one. Yeah, another one that just like rings a bell, but nope, don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's like how did it get eight seasons and no one I know watched the show? Yeah. That's, yeah, I wouldn't want to be involved in a sitcom like that if I were an actor. <laughs> I mean, I sitcoms are actually the best because it's like the closest you'll get to a nine to five job as an actor, and you're secure. And yeah, like, wait, you good get point. good money. Like, if anything, that's the best. Even if no one's watching, it's like, hey, it's easy money. Yeah, true. I mean, the easiest of money is soap operas, right? Because you could have that job for like forty years, right? <laughs> Basically, you just like settle in, and they can't fire you without writing you off the show. You know, and then you have some notice. So even even if you die in the show, you'll come back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, you're you're <laughs> immortal. It's like living in a comic book. So you're never quite dead. <laughs> oh man, TV. Um. Well, here's something that might uh change the direction of this conversation. Um, are you guys like a fan of TechCrunch? I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan, but. I've never had that cereal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily a fan either. I've like heard about it recently, but it's um a website. And all I know is that they're doing their eighth annual Crunchy Awards. And you should uh go check it out and vote. I mean, it ends the voting ends on January 27th. But there's some interesting stuff going on, like best technology achievement. Um, SpaceX is in there. The st- uh, solar powered... Uh, cars in there there's all the stuff that we've been talking about lately um some like uh best startups overall like uber and then the one was a uh, best design i think it was hold on i'm gonna look it up but it was uh in the running is monument valley so i definitely recommend you go vote for them because i think they they deserve a design award in my opinion nothing says you did good like a crunchy award <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they would be proud but eh. oh what if it was like an award and you peel off the gold like tinfoil on the outside and it's like chocolate but it's got puffed puffed rice inside <laughs> dude yeah it's a crunch bar <laughs> exactly oh that'd be the best <laughs> award <laughs> they literally just hand you a crunch bar <laughs> yeah, it has to be like a lifetime supply of like because i mean if if it's just like one bar you know like i could buy that <laughs> like, we make money <laughs> you're telling me if you invest all of your money and years of your life into this single project and you're rewarded by a single candy bar, you wouldn't be happy? I mean, I'd be happy, <laughs> but, I mean, for, like, 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah, because <laughs> at any given point during the development process, I probably could have went to the gas station and got one. <laughs> yeah, 7 right down the street. <laughs> uh, man, but another another time-contingent kind of uh, bit of news here is... um. If you have Dark Souls Prepare to Die edition on your PC, um, apparently you're going to have to move from whatever it's on now, Windows Live platform, to Steam by February 16th. 
And there, I'll put in the show notes a link on, there's like a tutorial on how to do it. So, and I know I have to, I just am really writing it out on the procrastination. I never understood the Windows Live. Is that just like another one of those Uplay and Origin things where they're like trying to compete against Steam? It's like, no, come and use our uh, game-centric browser that like 200 other people are using as opposed to Steam, which everyone uses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Windows Windows Live was an attempt by Microsoft to basically roll every single service they had online into one brand name. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, we've got a website that does video. We'll call it Windows Live Video. Oh, we've got mail at Hotmail.com. We'll call it Windows Live Mail. Oh, wow. <laughs> it just kept going on and on and on and on and on. And then they realized that, you know, when you have brand recognition for every type of service under one brand, nobody actually recognizes it as brand. And... um it it fell apart very quickly. Oh, yeah, okay. That, that's a bad setup. Yeah, I remember I had to make a Windows Live account for one game I tried playing. Because I bought it on Steam, but in order to play it, I needed a Windows Live account. And it is... I I won't get into it. It was Bulletstorm. And it is possibly the worst game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I, it's the one game I got just drunk and angry and just forced myself through it. And I wrote a review on Steam, and it, I was just so mad at this game. Well, judging by the title alone, it sounds kind of laughable, but what was your main complaint? If you don't, like, I don't want to get you too upset here. <laughs> it, it was, it, it's exactly like it sounds. It's incredibly immature. It is probably the single thing I've heard the word dick uttered most of my life from. Like, and it's just like, I wouldn't even say juvenile humor. Because even that would be giving it too much credit. Oh wow! The best thing about it is Steve Bloom is the main character, and he's a huge voice actor, and I love his work. But like, once I started playing the game and I heard him in it, I think a little part of me died inside. I was like, "No, Steve, you're better than this. Get yeah. out of this game. <laughs> Don't be a part of this." But like, one of the main mechanics of the game is you have a thing called the leash, which is essentially a, a electronic like cord that shoots out of your wrist and grabs enemies and throws them up and you can slam them down and they'll shoot everyone else up in the air. It's like Syndrome from The Incredibles. You're able to like manipulate like uh, I guess kinesiology and, or kinesiology. That's <laughs> I'm trying to sound smart and coming off as an idiot. Uh, you're able to uh, control like kinetic energy sort of. And okay. It, it was cool at first but half the enemies it doesn't work on because they're either too big or too fast and by the time you weaken them down enough to use it, you can just shoot them in the head once and they die. So it's pointless. Then the rest of the game is just garbage. It's all on rails. The, just Every other line is them just like thumping their chest and just like, beer, cars, explosion, ah! and just like, ah, just meatheadedness. But I finally like broke down and lost it at the very end of the game when like the main threat... Spoilers. Eh, that implies. <laughs> uh, is, is anyone really going to play this? <laughs> yeah, that implies that there's a story here. There really isn't. Um, but yes, if if you are concerned about the ending of Bullet Time, first seek first seek help, then listen to this. <laughs> um, it's basically the whole like you know they're always trying to escape the planet like years of war style. Like they're always trying to get away from whatever. In this one, it's a nuclear bomb that wipes out all life on the planet but leaves the entire planet safe like untouched so it eradicates only <laughs> bio uh, organisms 
And it's because the whole planet is some sort of hotel. And the company that built it doesn't want to lose their investment. That's literally part of the story. What? Yeah. So the thing that Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how to how to take that. Oh, it's terrible. Alright. The very beginning of the game opens like one of your friends sacrifices himself and you're trying to save him. And it's like the tutorial you're running around getting medical supplies and you save him. But by the time you save him, you save your one friend, your two other friends die in the process and no one cares. <laughs> so it immediately What's contradicts up with that? It immediately contradicts itself. But at the end of the game, that same friend saves your life one more time. He pushes you onto the skate pod. And you fly off the ship. So the bomb goes off and wipes out all life on that planet. Then at the end of the credits, it's still black, but you hear voices. And you hear the voice of the main bad guy and your friend. Somehow soldiers found their bodies and brought them back to life. Even though this bomb, whose sole purpose is to eradicate living matter, blew up right next to them. They're still alive. So, wait, what, what's, why did they even... Why is this? Uh, why did they end on this note? Were they trying to set up for a sequel? I think they were, and then I think the developers of the game were arrested for war crimes for making that game <laughs> and then were sent to death. Put away, yeah. Like <laughs> I hate that game with a fiery passion. That is by far one of the worst games I've ever played in my life. And I used to just hit myself in the hand with a hammer. Like um, <laughs> I hate it so. Oh man! Well, we can stop talking. About it. <laughs> yeah, I said I didn't want to get into it. I know. Rant about it for that's, 10 minutes. that's all my fault. I, I I always do that. It's like Bren hates a game, and I'm like, tell me about it. Put it, there, put it there. <laughs> Should we do like worst game of of the episode going forward? Oh uh, yeah, I remember one of those episodes we had talked about like oh strangest or worst game of the week maybe or something. I'm not sure. I'll tell you one game that I have been really frustrated with and i haven't even played it this is how bad this game is. <laughs> it's just frustrating by the just by the seeing look. It. it yeah well it really does so you guys have played minecraft yeah yeah to a degree so this is this is a minecraft mod it's called terra firma craft oh, and if you follow me on twitter um you you'll know how much i rage about this game i watch a lot of people play video games on on youtube regularly mm -hmm. and a lot of the people I subscribe to have been getting into Terraforma Craft, and I just have to turn it off. It's it's like somebody decided that Minecraft wasn't grindy enough, and they they were targeting an autistic audience, and <laughs> and and it 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 goes so far off the deep end. I just can't bear it. So Minecraft takes a few liberties, right? You cut down a tree from the bottom up, and nothing falls, right? There's no like terrain gravity. You dig a hole straight down, and you go to the bottom of the world, right? Terra Firmacraft changes this. There are landslides, so if you dig too much dirt, it'll cave in on you. Oh, shit. If you want to make a tool, not only do you have to make the tool, but you have to collect up a whole bunch of stone and then put it together and chip away at it and, you know, make the axe head and then the parts for the axe, and then you have to put it all together, and then you have to go and make these clay pots you have to dig up all this clay and you know wood fire the clay pots and then put stuff in the pots and fire that and make these bits of pottery and you know 10 minutes into playing a game of minecraft you can pretty much well establish yourself you know you get some basic tools you get some basic gear you get some food you know build yourself a house because nighttime is coming terra firmacraft 
you're not you're not set even like an hour into the game. You know, an hour in, you're still like digging yourself a little hidey hole so that you don't get mauled to death. I can't I can't stand it. It it's the worst thing ever invented. It's like playing real life except worse because you have nothing. I was gonna say with games there has to be a certain point of, um, you know, if it's so realistic and so close to the real life of a, the character in that position. Like, who's to say you can't just do that? Like, it has to be entertaining enough to separate from the mundane task. And I know that there's a few yeah. games out there, like Football Manager Simulator and like Euro <laughs> Truck Simulator. Yes. Like, exactly. Those are exactly. those are just someone's job. For some reason, they sell well. No, it's totally true. It, it, the Onion did a, a joke about this. They had a, a video called "World of World of Warcraft." And it, <laughs> it, you play as a person playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> and you sit at the computer and you like go to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, that's like effectively what this game is. And oh my god, like people with too much time on their hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember let's not do that with our game. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Definitely not. In fact, it's um for our game, I you know how we are anti Apple to a degree and we probably want to I guess we're going to make the game on Android. Well, looking at the statistics for fucking Monument Valley, I think it was like, like a 70, 30%, like, or even more dramatic. Tons of people are using iOS. It's unreal. It's like, don't you guys realize you're getting screwed? I mean, no, because <laughs> a lot of people just don't pay attention. You know, I think they did like a survey or something of reading all of the terms and conditions. I think for basic Apple products, like some sort of very simple, Apple program or something, and he said if you tried reading all of it, it would, like if you read all of it from like eight a.m. to five p.m. like a nine to or eight to five job, it would take like seventy two hours, like and it would take you like weeks to do. Wow, that's absurd. So people don't even like when they get presented with something like that, they just hit I agree and they don't care about it, and you know they don't research the stuff as well as they need. They just hear, hey, the iPhone six is out. It's new because of this. It's cool because of this. Bye. Yeah, and the the probably what they're going on is like somebody read it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, or someone they trust yeah. it, like said like, "Hey, I like it. Uh, I think it's a good thing. You should buy it as well." And they trust their opinion, not Apple's opinion. But yeah, it's still Apple. So, of course. No, that that I think one of the biggest reasons why iOS is still so popular is simply because people are locked in. Right, you purchase something on the App Store and you don't get the equivalent thing on Google Play, you know? And so if you wanted to switch, you have to repurchase all the apps you have yeah. while your data doesn't transfer. You know, you get those one or two apps that you use that aren't available on Android and you have to either find alternatives or you have to purchase something. A lot of people just aren't up for it, you know? And so if you started out with an iPhone, switching over to Android is really difficult. Good point. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's, it's kind of shitty, you know? And... It, it, Part of it is because Apple and Google control the stores, right? Like if every developer had their own little sort of marketplace to sell stuff, or if it was controlled by some independent third party like like Amazon, of course it'd be portable, right? It's like, oh, you already purchased this app. Of course you did. You know, but because, you know, it's, it's very centralized um, per platform, uh, you, you, you're stuck. Yep. That even goes down to a basic level of, I majored in telecommunications in college, and I remember learning that 
um, for early cell phone companies, it's it's not a monopoly because that means one company runs everything. It's like, what is it? A duopoly is two companies run everything. And that's pretty much what we are in because it's Verizon or AT&T. But, you know, you got Sprint and you got T-Mobile, but they're on, like combined, they're less than 10% of the entire cell phone market. Yeah, you always you always see those maps that they always show on the commercials, and the Sprint and, and the other competition are really like not they don't have that much coverage necessarily, but that's why they're cheaper. Yeah, and I remember learning in class one time that they're like, oh yeah, over in Europe, like you know, for Europe the size it is, they have hundreds of different cell phone carriers. You know, granted, it's a lot of different countries in there, but they're like even in the UK, they have like twenty five different cell phone carriers. Like just for the UK, we have four. Yeah, that that gets hard though, and and one of the problems that they have, especially in in Asian countries, is you'll have multiple SIM cards, right? Because like, oh, your phone works in one place, but it doesn't work in another place because you know it it's outside of your home region. You have to have this other company, or you know, you can only call certain people with this one because your plan only covers this amount of stuff, or you have data on this SIM card, and you have calling on the other SIM card. It's a nightmare. When I worked at Mozilla and uh, they were really pushing for the Firefox OS phone, one of the big features that folks wanted that we, we didn't have at the time, I, I'm, I'm assuming they have it now, um, is the ability to have two SIM cards in a phone. And I was like, why the hell would you ever want that? Right? Like, here I am with my you know, Nexus phone in my pocket and, you know, I've got, I don't even have a SIM card. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, these people in you know China and India and and these other Asian countries, they all have you know four, five, six SIM cards, and for them, they're constantly changing things out and swapping things around. So, I mean, while we do have you know a, I guess a pluropoly, I, I don't know. Um, I think oligopoly is oligopoly. Yeah, I think that's like four. we may never know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it, while it is you know kind of shitty that you know it, you're stuck with these handful of carriers it's a heck of a lot more convenient i'll tell you that, tell you that much oh i think it is a monopoly is one company controls everything duopoly is when two companies control everything oligopoly is when like a set number like not many control a lot of stuff and they all share amongst themselves like one controls all the lumber one controls all the water, etc. Okay. And I think a duopoly is when a barbershop quartet controls everything. Or a Motown group. Sorry. <laughs> it's a very dumb pun. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah, that's interesting though. I, what, what, did you... So is oligopoly not a word? No, oligopoly is a word. I had a okay. microeconomics class. That's, that's real. Awesome. College teaches stuff, kids. Go to college. Waste your parents' money. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, oh, so another thing I, that's kind of in recent, I guess, I don't know if I want to say trending or anything, but it, it did. The, the trailer came out two days ago and it's already got almost two million views. But, um, have you guys seen anything about this unfriended movie? It looks pretty awful to me. <laughs> oh God. I looked at it briefly. Um, it's, oh. <laughs> Dude, this looks like the most laughable horror since uh somebody help me because i can't even it's it's been a while since there's been something this funny i mean maybe blair witch um yeah this looks really laughable but the thing oh, is there's that? like 
there's a ton of hype and everyone's excited. I showed my one friend expecting him to laugh and he's like, I cannot wait to see this. And like, <laughs> but like in like not in a that looks bad kind of way. <laughs> Have you seen the movie One Missed Call? That I was just oh. like, I was just looking it up. I was trying to think of what the name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, there was there's an Americanized version, but the the better version is definitely the Japanese. Oh, always version. in any horror. Oh my god, it was so it was so funny. <laughs> it wasn't intended to be funny. It was intended to be terrifying, but it was hilarious. <laughs> that sounds like this movie is going to be a spiritual successor because, <laughs> yeah, man, this is it, it. It's even almost like a similar premise. Wasn't uh well, this one it's more or less a girl. Um, the the trailer starts off and it's like. Oh, everyone leaves a mark on and on the internet, and pretty much all your memories are stored there, even your mistakes. And so, like this one bad video, this girl gets out across, like I guess her friends and stuff, and they all start making fun of her over it. And then you see the next clip is like this girl holding a gun to her face, like at the distance, and like it cuts away. And then the next thing you see her, she's on the ground. So it's like if that's like the like the video of her suicide, it doesn't even look like conclusive. It looks like this girl could have easily faked her death already, just judging by the trailer. And then, uh, but anyway, it gets really more bizarre because then, like, at, it's like, oh, it's a, it's, a, uh, today is the anniversary of her death. And all her friends are, like, fucking Skyping or whatever it is on Apple. And, like, they're all talking to each other. And you can see, it's like, this, the budget for this movie must have been, like, I don't even know, $300 or something. I don't, like, seriously. <laughs> cause, like, <Some> Dunkin Donuts. <laughs> seriously, some coffee, you know, like, get some, like, really cheap actors. If they probably just did it, like, on a weekend. Yeah, I feel like that's generous. It looks like a bunch of friends just doing it whatever they had like, yeah so $300 is a stretch it's probably more like zero but and and it, it's just laughable because it's like oh it's on her anniversary so all of a sudden the ghost of the dead girl is like hacking into their like chat and stuff and pretty much like typing and scaring them and then but it, it takes it to the next level because you're watching these like video webcam feeds of these people and then all of a sudden this one like fat dude is like getting attacked and you can't it's so inconclusive <laughs> like the lights are going off and then one second his hand is in a blender and i was dying dude it was the funniest thing i've ever seen like so already i cannot wait to see this just to laugh my ass off but it just it just looks so absurd in it in a horrible way yeah the blender scene is when it got me like that yeah that blender scene is hilarious dude i literally i'm glad i wasn't drinking anything because i would have just spewed it everywhere because that was hilarious so this link, Nightmare Code, this is a Kickstarter that I backed a while ago, and it was one of those, like, they almost didn't make it Kickstarters, and the only reason I backed it was because for 50 bucks, they would put you in the movie. Oh, wow, right? man. <laughs> wow. So I was like, why the heck not, right? 50 bucks, and, and I'll have my name on, like, IMDB or something. And so basically... They sent out an email and they were like, all right, here's what we need you to do. We need you to like be typing on your computer with your webcam on and then just look at the camera for like a few seconds and send it to us. So I did it. And the movie's done and they've been showing it like they've been showing it at uh, film festivals and stuff. Awesome. And apparently it's doing pretty good. Um, the last I heard, they're actually having a, a screening of it tomorrow in New York City. Um which is really cool. Uh, it not a hugely laughable film, but sort of. Um, the, the concept behind it, uh, and this certainly isn't spoilers, um, these people are working on this AI, and the AI 
not only becomes sentient, but it starts manipulating people's lives and like getting people to do what it wants them to do. <laughs> and it's almost like a laughable concept because like this would obviously never happen. Um, or I say that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just that the sort of like horrifying, oh, I see this coming sort of murders <laughs> like, oh, that guy's been spending too much time with the computer. What's going to happen? <laughs> I think at this point, like, a lot of these horror movies have just, like, they're, they're comedy horror movies. Like, they're primarily comedies because of how bad they are. And then... I mean, that's just sci- the sci-fi network, right? Like, that's all they scream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. And you know what movie really started off that trend, I think? The whole Evil Dead series? That shit is hilarious. I love those movies. And I feel like they were probably initially meant to be scary, but if you watch those, you can't not laugh. Well, I would argue that. I think initially they were meant to be comedies, just with very graphic and just very gory uh, elements to them. Because yeah. you can't, like, there's no way someone's taking it serious when, like, the animal, like, heads on the lodge, like, come to life and start talking and stuff. Like, it's... Yeah, that was, like, number the second one, I think, or if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, the so. first one, I think, that was a little on the less, like over-the-top funny, I think. You know what I mean? As compared... Because then by the time the third movie came out, what was that one called? Uh, Army uh, of Darkness. Yes, Army of Darkness. That was just really over-the-top in the comedy department, if you ask me. Like, he, like, turns into, like, a million little people and stuff. Like, that was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know they remade... um, They remade the first one recently, and it was, like... I think they used more fake blood on set for that movie than any other movie, like, to date. Like, yeah, I, I bet it was like a Guar concert. It was like truck, it was like dump truck loads of blood, like fake blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then then they did it justice. So <laughs> I remember seeing it, and like, it's it's one of those movies where it's like, oh look, I found this old book with like satanic writing on the edges. Let me pick it up and look at it. It's like, no, you put it down, and you walk away, you get out of that yeah. house. But like, the girl cuts her finger and it gets possessed, and it was more like, it's more just uncomfortable to watch because of how graphic it can be. It's not really horrifying. It's just kind of like it's like that uh, gore porn, like hostile saw where it's just like I don't, uh, I don't want to watch it. Uh. God, yeah, I feel like I saw like all those fucking movies. I don't even know why, but I have, and there it's always like yeah, half porn, half gore, and it's like why, why, why was there such a craze for that at some period in time? That's nuts. Because we had the internet. <laughs> and I guess, uh, and your average household wanted access to it without having to like muddy up their uh, internet uh, search history. Oh god! If we could just look at everyone's search history in the world, we'd really find out the sick bastards. Oh, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's terrifying. It, Google it knows. Exactly. I was just about to say, like, being an engineer at Google and having to do like data analytics must be an awful job. Yeah, you, know, you have to sanitize the hell out of all of those searches because you don't want half of them. (laughs) I would argue that probably like 60% of searches are things you don't want to know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, didn't uh, Google try to like, not censor, but kind of like redirect, like if you typed in porn into Google, it'd bring you to like the Wikipedia entry of porn, but it wouldn't bring you to like actual porn sites. And then Bing was like, nah, fuck it. We let people do what they want with their search engine. So like, I know a lot of people using Bing now to look up their smut. (laughs) <laughs> interesting i had no idea i mean a friend tells me this That's i don't kind of know personally or anything so let's overload bing servers 
Hey, I mean, they're getting... Tr- Our search engine is only popular because we give you better form. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't... Actually, one of my... I should say, one of my coworkers uses Bing. We, we give him hell for it. <laughs> now we-, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing in your work computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to make sure to plug you're ourselves. You're in a P.O. box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah thanks for listening everyone we got a twitter if you want to tweet at tweet at us it's uh twitter.com slash abt silence and we also have a google plus but i don't really keep up with that and uh we've recently got a lot of likes on facebook so if you have a facebook check us out there too and you can always email us as well at almost better than silence at gmail.com but uh thanks for listening and yeah thanks matt and Brent. thanks for listening everyone All right, take care. Bye.